0: Hey everybody, this is Kimia. And I'm Sean. And you're listening to Content & Coffee. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Content & Coffee. I'm here with Sean, and this is episode 14. And today we are going to be talking about B2B digital marketing and what companies can do to improve their marketing. Because we have seen, uh, now more recently than ever, that there's so many different channels that you, can do, that you can use to acquire customers, but not a lot of people have a, co- a coherent and clear strategy to do so. And so today, what we're going to be talking about is the funnel that you have to be aware of to make sure that you're maximizing your business growth. So what that looks like is acquisition at the top of the funnel, conversion as the next step, engagement, revenue, and referral. And we're going to dive into what each one means. So Sean, why don't we talk about the first stage of the funnel?
1: Absolutely. Acquisition is what drives all the later stages. So when we talk about acquisition, we're referring to how does a business acquire leads, which are potential clients slash customers. And just to reiterate what Kimio was saying, we're really focusing on business-to-business digital marketing, which is different um, in many ways from business-to-consumer digital marketing. So we're answering the question that a business might ask is, how do we Get found by other businesses that are going to want to buy our product or service, and the first step is acquisition. So the low hanging, <laughs> the low hanging fruit is is the website itself set up to collect leads, and once those leads are collected, is there an easy way for those prospective clients or customers to contact the salespeople? Mm-hmm. And go ahead.
0: Yeah. So I was just I was just going to jump in and say you know one of the things that differs from B two B to B two C is B2B might involve more stages because the deal size is a lot higher. So, a good example is like um is a pharmaceutical labeling company. That is definitely a B2B example because that deal size is going to look like 8 grand a month just to get a license to the software and they're not going to pay for that right away. They're not going to land on the website, and say, "Oh, this looks great," and sign up with their credit card. They're going to want to talk to sales. They're going to want to see if this product solves their specific needs. Or, you know, in the case of a marketing agency, they're going to want to see a proposal where if you can specifically help them with, say, three of these stages. So if their website isn't set up, how can you help them do that? Uh, How can you help them get more leads into the top of the funnel? And then is their sales process kind of aligned with that? So, you know, one of the things to reiterate what Sean said was, uh, is the website set up to collect leads? And we see this all the time where there are these nondescript websites where it's like, uh, we help you sell more things. And that doesn't actually mean anything to the person. What you want to do is you want to make sure your website is set up to answer the specific problem that that customer is searching for. So in the example of um, digital, the digital marketing, you want to help it say something like, we help you sell more things through a coherent digital marketing strategy, which is a little bit more targeted and might be what the person is looking to, the problem they're looking to have answered. And so if the website is set up properly, you're going to have lead capture right there, right below the headline. So can they put in their email and can they talk to sales right away? Can they book a time?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely.
0: Yeah.
1: I definitely agree with that. You know, the purpose of the website in the first place is oftentimes to capture leads. So especially for a business to business, there has to be a professional way for those leads to be acquired. And on top of acquiring leads on the website, the once the website is set up to properly capture leads, the next question is, how do you get traffic to the website? And one of the first questions to solve that problem is, are you targeting the right keywords? And to do that, We have several tools. We've talked about in other podcasts about tools we use to help businesses find which keywords they should be using. But to simplify it, when you talk about the keyword, from my point of view, you want to find A, keywords that your potential customers or clients are actually going to search, and B, keywords that have a relatively high search volume, and C, keywords that have a level of competition such that it's realistic, you would be able to rank for them.
0: Mm -hmm. you don't want to spend like the best bank for your buck is not going to be spending a year trying to rank for a keyword that has a difficulty of 70 out of 100. It would be much better to rank for a lower volume, lower difficulty keyword that actually has search intent behind it. Um, you know, one of the things that I just want to back up real quick and talk about is the types of organic content that you need to figure out that is going to be best to attract people to the site. And so the obvious place to start would be, um, Blog posts and email marketing and uh, making sure that your social channels are covered because that is that's the backbone of your inbound strategy. And then you can get into to building out ebooks and and those types of a little bit more down the funnel content. But the the main thing that I want to focus on is what Sean said is making sure that your blog posts have the right keywords in them so that they can attract the right customers at a keyword difficulty that you can actually rank for. In the right time frame, because I think time frame is something that people think about, but they don't actually implement.
1: Hmm. Absolutely. And once you get them onto the website, once you're producing content, you need to be asking yourself, does this content, is your content a solution to the problem the prospective customer has? Or should, you know, or shed light onto something in the industry that they would find valuable? So the next step for B2B is you really do need to have a high quality of content because it's going to be viewed and read by people working within other businesses. And it's going to be read with a professional eye rather than kind of an aimless consumer that maybe wouldn't be as judgmental.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like you're, the content isn't going to be, I don't know, 16 fashion trends to look for. That's very much B2C. It's going to say specifically how your software or how your business Can solve a problem for your customer because if someone, what what you might want to do in a quick tip is look at the time on your website in Google Analytics. I would bet you that it's between working hours in a specific country. So if you drill down and see that most of your traffic is coming from, say, nine to five or uh, eight to seven, let's say those are very much working hours and those are people that are looking for solutions. To problems in their specific business. So make sure that your content is geared to solve or answer those questions and problems.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, Kimia, once the content is dialed in, what do you think people should ask themselves regarding how to distribute that content?
0: So, there's a few different things that you might want to look at. And the first thing that I would say is what channels make sense for your content to exist on. So, um, Facebook versus LinkedIn is a perfect example. If you're B2B, Facebook might not be the right place for you. Uh, unless you're a specific type of business that you know your audience is on Facebook. If you're selling, say, metals, I would recommend LinkedIn over Facebook 100% of the time. But if you're selling software and you know that your customers sometimes like to slack off at work, Facebook might make sense for you. And that this could be something like turning your ad into a blog post, or sorry, turning your blog post into an ad and then running it on Facebook between a specific time to make sure that your audience sees it lands on your site, reads the blog post, it answers their question, and then they are then inclined to reach out and contact sales. Versus LinkedIn, where you could say, I know that uh, prospective metal buyers are looking to uh, to build out their inventory, your uh, your advertisements in terms of your content, so a summarized title uh, plus catchy subtitle, shows up on LinkedIn. It's the same channel. It shows up on LinkedIn. They click on it. They say, yes, this answers my question. And then they click through to your website. And then hopefully, like we've talked about earlier, your website is set up to collect those leads and then they can easily reach out to you.
1: Definitely. I think that summarizes it very well. And we've sort of touched on different sort of organic versus paid ways to get content out there. So as you mentioned, organic is the, the blog post and just posting organically to LinkedIn and things like that. And then also you can get the content out paid methods, which is Google AdWords, Facebook ads. Or Quora is just starting to launch some paid uh, mediums as well. And I think that, like you were saying, in general, things like Google AdWords or Quora are better for B2B because it's more professional. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it could be worth dabbling into Facebook ads with a B2B business as well, depending on the nature.
0: Yeah, and I will say this really quickly. Organic is definitely where you want to be because it's a uh, long-term answer. Because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, up front, it's expensive. But over the long term, it's going to be a lot cheaper than just dumping money into ads. But I will say this, the quickest way to gain results is to do a combination of both. So have an organic backbone for your inbound strategy, but then put a little bit of money behind your content to make sure that it's getting eye- uh, eyeballs right away, because mm-hmm. then you can tighten up this uh, this funnel a lot quickly, a lot more quickly than you would by just running organic or build out a more robust strategy long term instead of just running paid.
1: Definitely. I think the next point on our list here was conversion. We've already talked a little bit about this, which is essentially optimizing your website to capture the leads once you bring the traffic to the website. And I guess the only takeaway here is that even if you're doing an amazing job filling the top of your funnel with leads, and if your website doesn't answer their questions and have a way for them to contact you and move to the next step, then you're kind of wasting your efforts at the top of the funnel.
0: That's right. I I couldn't say better myself. Conversion is absolutely how you make the most of your existing traffic on the website. There isn't much more to say about that.
1: Definitely. Let's move on to engagement.
0: Yeah. So this one's pretty important because a lot of people think that once they've converted their potential uh, lead into a sales call, they're done. But that's not at all true. What you really want to optimize for is the bottom of the funnel, which is referral. And the best way to do this is through solid engagement of your product or service. So a really good example of this is when Ghost at first intakes customers, we immediately set, get them to fill out a questionnaire that outlines their initial content marketing strategy. And so we have a few touch points with them to say, you know, what do you think your buyers are looking for? Uh, pertinent questions about their business, uh, you know what they want to avoid? I won't go into too much depth uh, too much depth around this content questionnaire. But basically what that does is it builds a relationship with our perspective or our onboarding customers to say, hey, we're going to take care of you. We're doing our absolute best to make sure that the software and the actual content lives up to your expectations and exceeds them. And then what that means is then they later think that the onboarding process was a very engaged one and therefore it sets the expectation at a very high bar versus when they convert and you just leave them to figure it out for themselves, it's much more likely that they would leave the software, leave the product and not have a very positive experience to share with other people later on?
1: Definitely. I mean, that's the kind of the closing process or the beginning of it anyways, is once they become a lead, once they convert, how do you be, turn them into a, a paying customer? Mm-hmm. So that's um, where your sales process is really, really important. And with B2B, it's going to be a longer, much longer process than B2C. In B2C, that engagement process could be as simple as just a few paragraphs of information, then they press purchase. Whereas B2B, it could be you know several meetings, many conversations before they actually become a um, client.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing I'll say too is sign up for your competitor's service under some business because you can see what their engagement is going to look like in their onboarding process. And what that's going to look like is it's going to mean um, you can then kind of spy on what's going on. And say, how can I improve my engagement process? And then, what it's going to look like to them is they're going to they're going to say like, if I've signed up for a competitor and then I'm signing up for you, they're going to be blown away because you've more than exceeded their expectations for the initial onboarding piece.
1: Definitely, that's a great idea.
0: So the next step of the the next step of the uh, the funnel is revenue, and this one's actually pretty simple. But it basically is: is there enough revenue for from that customer? that you can make the top stages so um, acquisition, conversion, and engagement sustainable. If you're not charging a high enough price, you can't fill the top of the funnel, so then you can't convert enough people into customers, and then you can't engage those customers. So you need to make sure that you're pricing your product accordingly. And most you know, most B2B customers either have some experience experimenting with pricing, but a good rule of thumb is always price more than you think you should.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Um... I would 100% agree. It's, you have to look at it as a whole machine. And if you're not, I mean, pricing is a different topic to talk about. But you have to allocate a budget to fill your pipeline with leads and then convert the leads. And that budget is clearly going to come from the revenue you make. So it's kind of a big circular process.
0: Exactly. Um, and that's, and I, you know, I'll jump in really quick. And that's why it is part of the funnel is because it, it all adds back to making this process repeatable. And essentially making it into a giant flywheel that you could just keep going. Definitely. So for the last stage of the funnel, this is the most important part because this is what keeps everything going. Is your whole process good enough that you can generate word of mouth referrals? And this is where the referral part comes in. Referral is by far the cheapest and most effective way to acquire new users. A lot of Ghost's biggest customers have come through on warm referrals Because we've done a good job of taking care of our existing customers. We're actually pitching to a big enterprise company right now because of a word of mouth referral. You want the above experience. So, all the way, and I'll reiterate the funnel once again acquisition, conversion, engagement, and revenue to be so good that your customers just sell your product for you. They say, you know, GOSA is phenomenal at automating our content marketing. I highly recommend you use them. You just complained about how your marketing isn't where you want it to be. Go talk to these guys.
1: Definitely, S- same with North Digital as that, or and any business really, referrals is how you can see that exponential growth and it's completely word of mouth is from the business's standpoint, free marketing and it's also, it's the best place to start. If you get a referral uh, or if you get a new lead that came from a referral, they start off having so much more trust in you than if they just found you on the internet.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Your your website. You know, I will say this: a lot of this funnel can be um, not like your funnel has to be great. Don't get me wrong. Like everything that we've talked about here has to be really good. But if you're converting cold leads into uh, customers, this funnel has to be exceptional. If you're converting warm leads into customers, your funnel has to be good because, like Sean said, there's already a level of trust in there that you can say look you know uh, maybe our website doesn't answer 100% of your questions but you're much more likely to contact sales because one of my friends your customers has referred me to you
1: absolutely yeah couldn't agree more so referrals are always the best way to get a new customer or client but of course to get referrals you have to get a large amount of clients and customers to begin with so
0: that's right. Well, you know, in, in B2B, you can also start with, um, you know, you can easily make a deal with a company and say, hey, look, like, you, I know you guys are a big company. I will charge you far under market value to get a great case study and some referrals from you. And well, that's a good place yeah, to definitely. start.
1: Definitely. If you're in a beginning stages, that, yeah, that's definitely viable.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Sean, anything to add?
1: <laughs> I think we pretty much covered it. I think so, too. Um, I think that, yeah, we've gone through the, all the steps. And it's just important to remember in B two B to keep the um, the language you're using and the content you're putting out professional and captivating because it's going to be read by you know educated people in positions to make purchasing decisions for their businesses. So it's a bit of a different game than B two C, and also the deal sizes are a lot bigger. So in some ways, it makes it a lot more exciting. And I think that wraps up everything we wanted to say. I believe so. Um, as always. Thank you very much for listening. Our emails will be in the description. Please give us a rating. Give us a comment. We love hearing all feedback from you guys. Give us
0: those word of mouth referrals. It is by far the cheapest way for us to grow. So we always appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And on that note, we will see you guys next time.
0: All right. Thanks, guys.